Today, I'm speaking to you on supernatural healing and health, and this is part number four on the supernatural church. I want you to go with me to the book of Acts chapter 10, and we're going to read verse number 38. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. If you have found it, say amen. amen. If you haven't found it, say wait for me. If you don't know where it is, ask your neighbor. Your neighbor will help you. Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Who went about doing good. What was he doing as a result of the anointing? Good. Who went about doing good. When you are anointed by God, you will go about doing good. The anointing comes for a purpose. The anointing does not come so that we sit around. The anointing does not come so that we feel good in church. The anointing comes to empower us to do good. So if you're asking God to anoint you, get ready to do the works of Jesus. He that believeth in me, the works that I do, shall he also do. And greater works than these shall he do because I go to my father. That's John chapter 14 verse 12. So if you want God to anoint you, get ready to do the works of Christ. The Bible says he went about doing good. No, he didn't go about doing evil. So God does not put evil on people. God is the one who takes evil from people. And send it back to the devil from where it came. Can someone say amen? God does not put sickness on people. God does not put poverty on people. The Bible says in James 1.17, every good gift. Everyone say good gift. Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above. And they come from the Father of light with whom there is no variation, neither shadow of turning. So the God we serve is good. I said the God we serve is good. And good God does good things. God does not put sickness on you. God does not put poverty on you. God does not take from you. God gives to you. It is the devil that puts sickness on people. It is the devil that puts poverty on people. It is the devil that has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come. Tell your neighbor he has come. He said, I have come that you might have life, not death, and have it more abundantly. So God is a God of abundance. Everything that he does, it's abundance. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think according to the power that is at work on the inside of you. Can someone give him praise and glory? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the Bible says he went about doing good. What good was he doing? The Bible tells us that he was healing All who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. So the first thing we want to establish is the fact that sickness is an oppression of the devil. When God made Adam and put him in the garden of Eden, sickness and disease were not there. We understand the reason why sickness came is because of the fall of man. Everything that God made was good. In actual fact, after God had made man, the Bible says, then God looked and saw that everything he did was very good. 
I want to say very good. God did not introduce sickness into the human race. But when Adam committed high treason, basically sold his right and privileges and authority and position to the devil, the devil introduced sickness into the human race. You and I know that Adam was created to live forever. God's plan was that the man would live forever. So which means that if Adam had not sinned, you and I would have met him. We would have met him. You and I were visiting Adam and even hanging out with him. And the truth of the matter is because they lived in the glory in such perfection, corruption was not in them. The reason why death began is because of the corruption that was released into the human race. But Adam, we know, lived for 930 years. The man lived a very long life. The oldest man that lived was Methuselah, 969. Is that correct? I mean, back in those days, at the age of 500, people were still giving birth. That's true. They were given birth. 500 years old man was given birth. Come on say amen. If you know what I mean. Was having children. If he was 500 his wife was around 500 or 400 and something. So the woman was 400 and something and she was still getting pregnant and giving birth. Come on now say amen. And I tell you she wasn't going to the hospital. It was so super. Everything about man was supernatural. Sin came and corrupted things. But praise God. Jesus Christ came. I said Jesus Christ came. And what Adam lost. Jesus Christ got back for us. Come on say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The same glory. The same opportunity. The same power. The same thing that Adam had. Jesus Has brought back to us. And you and I today can actually walk in divine health. Not in and out of the hospital. That is not the will of God. That is not the plan of God. So he went about doing good. He was healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Jesus Christ walked around healing the sick. So if Jesus healed the sick. It means sickness does not come from God. Like many say, that sickness comes from God. And those who say, sickness comes from God to teach you a lesson. When they get sick, they pray and ask God to heal them. Well, if the sickness came from God, why are you asking him to heal you? Why don't you just stay sick and learn? No, that is a lie from the pit of hell. That is a religious lie. Sickness does not come from God. Sickness came from the devil. Because if sickness came from God, Jesus would not have been going around healing the sick. Why do you want to heal the sick when you put it on them? Is that true? No, Jesus came to remove sickness. I said Jesus came to remove sickness. I said Jesus came to remove sickness. And as a child of God, he has given you the same dominion over sickness. He has given you the same authority over sickness. You can also go around bringing healing to the sick. But how can 
How can people go around bringing healing to the sick when they are struggling with sickness? That is the reason why we need the church to come into health. We need each of you to come into health. And the way to come into health is listening to what I'm teaching you today because the word of God will set you free. You've got to understand what is available to you as a child of God. And I'm not being critical if you are sick. I'm just saying to you that God has something better. God has something better. God wants you working in divine health. God brings healing to your body today. And God wants to anoint you so that you would also go out and dispense the same grace that he has placed upon your life. Can someone shout hallelujah? So that when you see the sick, you will lay your hands upon them and you will cast the sickness out of their bodies. Come on, say amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So that is what is available to us. God wants us in divine health. God wants your body strong. God does not need you in heaven right now. God needs you here on the earth. The harvest is plentiful. Laborers are few. And if you are one of God's laborers, God wants you to stay on the earth. Come on now, say amen. God does not want you incapacitated, locked up in a room or locked up somewhere in a hospital, unable to move, unable to do anything. No, God wants you to be strong so that you can run all over town, bringing the grace of God and bringing the healing power of God to people that are sick. If you believe it, shout amen. Amen. Who wants God to use them? Do you want God to use you in bringing healing to the sick? Oh, you don't sound convincing. You... It seems like I'm forcing you to say yes. You don't have to say yes if you don't want God to use you. But if you want God to use you, then let your yes be the loudest in the house. Uh Uh-huh. Praise God. Now I feel like I'm in the river. Praise the Lord. In this day where people have to eat organic food, which by the way is more expensive, You go to a store and uh, you find organic because the others. Everyone say the others. The others are not real food. So we live in such a time where you must learn to believe God for healing and to walk in health. Because there are so many things out there that is designed to destroy your health. And these things have been used for many years to enrich many at the detriment of the masses. But what of those that cannot afford organic? Because if you go into the store, you discover that organic food is probably four times the the price of the others. Is that correct? Why do you think others are cheaper? There must be a reason. There must be a reason. There must be something different with both. Why is it that this is $5 and the other is $25? There's something about this. But there are many that cannot afford to pay $25. So they just resort to paying $5 But what they are receiving into their physical bodies 
is causing trouble. Because of all the food, today you have things that you did not even know about years ago. Like, I mean, women give birth to children and the next thing you hear is the child is down with autism. See, the GMOs and even the, the World Health Organization has not been able to say it's wrong. There is a big debate about GMOs. Big debate. So we've got to believe God to prosper. We've got to believe God to prosper. We, we, listen, listen, you've got to believe God to prosper. You've got to believe God to go into the store and buy what your body needs. That amen is weak. Amen. So you come to a place like this and we preach on prosperity and uh, this church preaches on prosperity. Oh, what do you want? Poverty. No, I don't want poverty. We don't want poverty. We preach prosperity. Why not? Why not? Why should we not preach prosperity? What is better? Prosperity or poverty? Okay, you, you don't want to answer? Don't answer? What is better? Prosperity or poverty? There's nothing wrong in having money. What is not at all? What, what Abraham said not at all. What is wrong is when money... It's your master. There's nothing wrong in having money. There's nothing wrong with it. Absolutely nothing wrong. Because you need it. You need it. If you don't need it, give me yours. I have, I have a family. I have a family to take care of. Bring yours to me if you don't need it. It's interesting. People who criticize this message the most are the ones that need it the most. It's just interesting. Those who criticize it need it. You have, you have the, 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 the ungodly going into nice places and eating all the nice things and leaving the rest for the rest of the people on the shelf. And so people eat cheap. People eat cheap. So what should I do Pastor God? Well, I don't have the kind of money you're talking about. Believe God. Amen. Believe God. We are now. I'm telling you. If you don't realize it. Things are wrapping up very fast. We're now living a time where you've got to believe God for everything. Amen. You cannot rely on the system of the world. You cannot have survival mentality. You have to develop revival mentality. Oh, I'm going to manage. You know, no. no, don't manage. Don't manage. Believe God for more. Believe God for increase. Believe God to provide. Believe God for excess. Believe God for too much. Come on now, shout hallelujah.
No survival mentality here. We're here to revive, not to survive. Amen. Come on now, say. I mean, we're here to revive, right? Yes. Not to manage. We're not managing here. We are believing for El Shaddai. A God who is more than enough. To give us more than enough. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over. Shall he give unto you? Can someone shout hallelujah? hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Two, two of the biggest things in the church. Poverty, biggest problems. Poverty and sickness. These are two of the biggest problems in the church. And these are the things that the devil does not want preachers to talk about. Because the devil wants people in abject poverty. Because he knows that poverty and sickness are twin brothers. Poverty and sickness are twin brothers. And they were given birth to by sin. I tell you, you study people's lives. If you are observant, you will notice poverty and sickness work together. When people are broke, they are, they are sick. No, I kid you not. Just watch. Study the lives of people. When they are, so, when they are poor, sickness is always looking up for them. Sickness is always around them. It's because they work together. Sickness and poverty work together. No, I'm not saying the rich are not sick. But I want you to understand that there is just this. <laughs> Thank you for helping me. There is this relationship. There is this combination between sickness and poverty. They work together. And so people come under this oppression of the devil. Notice the text tells us that he went about healing those that were oppressed of the devil. So sickness is an oppression. It's an oppression. It's not of God. It should have no place in your life. Don't tolerate it. Just as you would not tolerate poverty, don't tolerate sickness. Don't tolerate it. I remember years ago in the Bible school, I was teaching on divine health. And in my note, it says that sickness is the beginning of death. Sickness is the beginning of death. See. You go to the doctor, he gives you all kinds of, you know, report on your health. And many who die do not really die because of the sickness, they die because of the report. Because the report itself, it's a message. And who are you going to believe? Who are you going to believe? 
The report itself is a message. You are either going to believe that report or you're going to believe the report of the Lord. And I choose to believe God's report. Come somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Remember, I've told this story many times and I don't know if you are here, you've not heard it, let me tell it. My wife, when she was pregnant with my daughter, Irene is 17 now. She'll be turning 18 this year, right? Am I right? Okay. Irene turns eight. Irene turns. No, I just want to make sure that I'm right. Because sometimes I come up here. Sometimes I come up here and I try to tell a story and they correct me because they, they remember better than I do, it seems. My wife can remember every detail. Okay, so now I'm telling the story. Help me. When my wife was pregnant with my daughter, she was uh, visiting with somebody. I guess she was how many months pregnant at the time? Five months pregnant, right? So she was coming back home. She was coming back home and something happened. Uh, some Turkish kids were playing football. Were they playing football? What were they doing? They were not playing. So the, the, but there was this boy. The boy had an apple in his hand and he threw it at my wife. And the apple landed on her belly. And she was in so much pain as a result of that. So she sat by the sidewalk and her friend managed to bring her over to the house. And so when something like that happens, I mean, she was in so much pain for like a day or so, or more than a day, a week. So we go to the hospital and the doctor looked at her and the doctor said, "Um, you have to get rid of the baby. You have to abort the baby. Because if you give birth to the baby, she will suffer from Down syndrome. Now, the moment the doctor said that to her, we're not against doctors here. Okay? Doctors are also, you know, they are being used by God. The good ones, I mean. Um, <laughs> they, are, they, are, they are being used by God. So we're not against, I'm not against the medical profession. Don't get me wrong. But anyways, when the doctor said it to her, the first thing that came out of her mouth, I believe, determined the condition of the pregnancy. Because immediately she said, I will have my baby. So we, we talked to Pastor Corey about the situation. We, I think he came over there. We held hands on the street and we prayed. And Pastor Corey said, okay, I want you to go to another hospital. Because you've got to go check and see if what the first doctor said is still prevailing after the prayer. So we go to another hospital. The doctor checked her out. And the doctor looked at her and the doctor said, your baby is fine. What comes out of your mouth is important. Some of you, you've probably heard the report that was told to you. And what happened when you heard the report? You began to meditate on that report. You began to dwell on that report. You believed in that report. I'm not saying what the doctor said is wrong. What the doctor said by medical science was right. 
But we've got the truth of the word of God. No evil will befall you. No plague will come nigh your dwelling place. I will not be afraid of the arrow. I will not be afraid of whatever happens, whether it's in the day or in the night. God is my shield. God is my protection. God is my health. God is my life. God is the lifter of my head. I choose to believe God's report. baby was born today she's 17 nothing like down syndrome because we chose to believe the report of the lord praise the lord come on now say amen choose to believe god's report and god's report is the truth what the doctor said is the fact but what god said is the truth and the truth will change the fact Pastor God will, I feel pain. The truth of the word of God will change that. Pastor God will, you don't understand. No, I understand. I understand what God's word says. I know that by his stripes, you were healed. That is the truth. That would change the fact of what's happening in your life today. Praise the Lord. There are different ways to administer healing to people. Number one, by the laying on of hands. Mark 16, 15. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs, everyone say these signs. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up snakes. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. Watch this. They shall lay their hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. Come on now, say amen. Amen. When you lay your hands on the sick, the sick will recover. And you might be the sick. You lay your hands on yourself. Because see, it doesn't say you can't lay your hands on yourself. There has been times I laid my own hands on my own head. Come on, say amen. Amen. They shall lay their hands on the sick. When you lay your hands upon the sick, there is something that's released through your hands. It's called the anointing that destroys the yoke. Whatever the devil have planted in the lives of people, when you lay your hands upon them, the anointing of the Holy Spirit will come into them and drive that thing out. But you've got to lay your hands in faith. You cannot lay your hands in doubt and unbelief. You've got to lay your hands in faith. And you've got to believe. That when your hands are laid upon them. They will be healed. Stop sending people to the doctor before praying for them. Pray for them first. I'm not saying don't go to the hospital. But pray for them first. People come to you, I'm sick, and oh, let's go to the hospital. Pray first. Put your hands upon them. And if you don't live in the same place, you see them maybe via conference call, video call, or just your regular phone call, pray over the phone. 
I've told people, put your hand on your own head. Even though I'm not there with you, your hand is going to be a point of contact. It will seem as if I'm the one laying hands on you. And I would pray for them over the phone. Use your authority. You are a child of God. Like Jesus, go about doing good. Heal all those that are oppressed of the devil, for God is with you. That amen is weak because some of you don't do what I'm... You're not doing what the word of God tells us to do. Lay your hands. That's one of the ways, number one. Number two, by anointing them with oil. There is an argument on this. But I do it. James 5 verse number 14. He says, is any sick amongst you? Let him call the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And if he has committed any sin, God will forgive him. I remember I was in a music practice many years ago. We were here just having rehearsal with the team when somebody walked into this church and told me, Pastor, there is a man in coma in Shishli et Far. Shishli et Far is just not far from here, maybe 500 meters from here. And the, the, the young man said, Pastor, can you come pray for him? He's in coma. I said, okay, I'll come. So we finished music practice. I went into the office and I felt in my spirit to take with me a bottle of anointing oil. And I did. And I went to the hospital. The young man was in coma. Did not even know I was there. The girlfriend was standing by. And this man was not a member of our church. Had never come to this place. So I went into that intensive care unit. And I anointed him with oil. And I called him back. Remember Jesus called Lazarus back. Yeah, I called him back. And I walked away. And he came back. I said he came back. He came back. When, when he came back, his girlfriend said to him, it was Pastor Godwill that came to pray for you. Should I finish the story? Um, it was Pastor Godwill that came to pray for you. No, let, let me not finish the story today. Uh, maybe, maybe next time I'll tell you what happened when he came back. But he did come back and he's alive till today. Come on now, somebody shout amen. amen. But I anointed him with oil. And so a man with an experience is not at the mercy of a man with an argument. This thing works. It works. It's a point of contact. Just imagine when Jesus Christ spat on the ground and made what? Clay. Was it the clay that healed the man? No. No, the clay carried the anointing. There was a transference of the anointing into the clay. Jesus rubbed the clay on the eyes of the blind man and said, Now go and wash in the pool of Siloam. The man came to Jesus blind and clean. But when he left Jesus, he was blind and dirty. On his way to the pool of Siloam, I, I guess some people may have bumped into him and asked him, Hey bro, what's happening to you? I saw you an hour ago, you were clean. Now you have clay, mud, rubbed all over your face. Uh, the man must have said, well, you know, Jesus Christ put this thing on me and he said I should go and wash in the pool of Siloam. See, the man had to step out in faith and do what Jesus said. Come on now, say amen. How many of you realize that on his way to the pool of Siloam, many may have met with him and tried to discourage him from getting to the pool and actually putting his face into the water and washing. He had to go all the way. And guess what happened? When he washed, he began to see. When he washed, he began to see. 
So there was a residue of the anointing in the clay. The Bible says in Acts chapter 19 verse 11. That happened here in Turkey. The Bible says and God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. That from his body, handkerchiefs taken, put upon the sick. And those that were demon possessed and they were healed. So Paul did not have to go there physically to lay hands on the sick and those that were tormented. All they had to do was bring handkerchiefs and rub and take it. Because there is a residue of the anointing on this piece of cloth. It has become a carrier of the anointing. Come on now say amen. It has become a carrier of the anointing. That's why, notice when the woman with the issue of blood came to Jesus, she didn't touch Jesus. She touched his clothes. Who touched me? Peter looked at him and said, why do you say who touched me when so many people are bumping into you? Lord, many people are touching you. Why do you say who touched me? Jesus said somebody touched me with a different kind of touch. Oh my goodness. You see, the touch of the woman was a touch of faith. It's a touch of faith that pulls on the anointing. So the anointing can be resting in this piece of cloth. If you don't come in faith, you won't pull from it. Can you see that? So it is not the piece of cloth that brings you healing. It's the anointing in it. Because the piece of cloth is... Physical, but the anointing is spiritual and faith is spiritual. And you've got to use your spiritual faith to connect to the spiritual power of God. Amen. That's when the, the healing power of God will flow from that piece of cloth and come into your physical body and drive out that sickness. Who touched me? Everyone is touching you. Why do you say who touched me? No, somebody touched me. Because the Bible tells us that Jesus felt virtue. The word there is dunamis. Power flowed out of Jesus. And Jesus felt it come out of him. And the woman felt it go into her. That's what happened. The Bible says and the woman felt instantly in her body that the flow of her blood dried up. So she felt something happened. And Jesus felt something leave him. So it came out of Jesus into the woman. Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. There is no sickness that the anointing cannot drive out of your body. Lift your hands right now in the name of Jesus. Whatever it is that the enemy has placed in your body. Whatever it is that has come to latch itself on you. Whatever disease it is. By the anointing of the Holy Spirit that is released into you right now. From the crown of your head down to the soles of your feet. I command that sickness to come out of your body. In the mighty name of Jesus. Receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Let it begin to touch you now. Let it begin to run through your entire body. Let it begin to surge through your entire being. Let it touch your kidneys. Let it touch your liver. Let it touch your heart. Let it touch your blood. Let it touch your, your mind. Let it touch every part of your physical body. Let it touch your joints. Let it touch your back. Let it touch your lower back. Wherever the pain is, I curse it. I command it to wither. I command it to dry up. I command it to come out of your body now. 
in the name that's above every other name the name of Jesus Christ the son of the living God the Bible says God has highly exalted him and God has given him a name that is above every other name that are the mention of the name Jesus every knee will bow of things in heaven of things in earth of things beneath the earth and every tongue shall confess to the glory of the father that Jesus Christ is Lord I decree and I declare the anointing of the Holy Spirit touching your body right now you will never be sick again that pain it goes now in Jesus name that kidney problem it goes now in Jesus name that problem with your blood it goes now in Jesus name that problem with your heart it goes now in Jesus name migraine headache I rebuke you I curse you leave God's people cancer be gone in the mighty name of Jesus be healed right now if you believe it lift your two hands and give him praise and give him glory for your healing take it hallelujah be healed hallelujah number three number three way to administer healing is by the word I want to say by the word in Psalm 107 verse 20 the Bible says he sent forth his word and his word heals them what heals them his word now, this is where people need to do what is necessary. The work that needs to be done is to find yourself the medicine that will cure the sickness. I'm going to use my daughter again as an example. This happened over two years ago before the COVID. Uh, she was training with the national team because she plays basketball. Training with the Turkish national team. And we get a call that uh, she could not continue. And she had to be sent back home. And the doctor, the coach had said to her, go back home and recover. She got back home and uh, she went to the hospital. And the doctor said, you need to, you, we need to carry out a surgery on your knee. And uh, it seemed like a birth defect. So we need to carry out a surgery on your knee. And... And at the end of the day, the agreement was made to carry out the surgery. So she went through the surgery. My wife and I were there and the surgery was done. It took about a year to recover with therapy and all of that. And then when it was time to go back, of course, the COVID hit. And then, and then it seemed like she's losing her desire to play basketball and, and all of that. And then we went to the hospital again. Of course, she was going through therapy. And then we went to the hospital again and the doctor said, oh, we made a mistake. The first time we operated on your knee, there's something we did not see. So we need to operate on that same knee again. And then to even make matters worse, they said, well, we are not just going to operate on this knee. We're going to operate on the other one too. You get to the place where you realize that this cannot be normal. And you've got to say enough. enough. Uh, the reason why the enemy still have his way in the lives of many is because they haven't come to the place where they say to the devil, enough is enough. You've done too much. Enough. There is what we know as holy indignation. That's what we know as holy anger. You get so angry at the works of the devil and you say, no, not here. 
You're not shouting because you're upset with anybody. You're shouting because you're upset with the devil. Yeah. Not in my family. Not in my body. Enough is enough. And that's how angry you've got to be at the works of darkness. If there is any time we should use the word hate, it is when we refer to the works of the devil. I hate the works of darkness. I hate the devil with a passion. Because he does not come to drink tea and coffee with you. He comes to destroy. He comes to steal. He comes to make matters worse. And we cannot fold our arms and stick our heads in the sand like an ostrich and think like nothing is going on. Something big is happening in the realm of the spirit. And we've got to take our place and say, no, I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I put on the old armor of God and I push back on the wickedness of the kingdom of darkness. Praise God for a prayerful wife. And I would say this till Jesus returns. My wife prays and I praise God for her. She would, she, my goodness. You don't want to mess with anyone related to this woman. She will pray down something. So she, she got into prayer. I, I got my, I gave my daughter scriptures. Scriptures. That was the scriptures. Because the Bible says in Proverbs 4 that the word of God is medicine. I want to say the word of God is medicine. The word of God is medicine. But the Bible says in Proverbs 4, it is medicine to those that find it. Those that what? Find it. So if it will become medicine, you've got to find it. Uh, why must you find it? Because this thing is so precious and holy, it does not come to casual people. You've got to be willing to be healed. You've got to be willing to put in the work necessary. And I want to say to you, when it comes to finding scriptures that will bring you healing and health, 100% of the time it will work. If you find the scripture, it's going to work. The reason why many are still in and out of the hospital, unfortunately, and I'm sorry to say, is because they haven't found the scripture or scriptures that promised them divine health. Because the word of God is true. Isaiah 55 it says, the word of God is like the snow and the rain that cometh down from heaven, but returneth not back again, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth and bud, that it might give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. God says, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth it will not return unto me void it will accomplish the purpose for which i sent it it will prosper in the thing that i please the word of god never fails never fails you put pressure on the word the word will put pressure on the sickness you put pressure on the word the word will put pressure on the devil So I gave her scriptures and she began to meditate. Meditate. It took months. But I'm here to testify and to declare. She even testified this herself on a uh, New Year's Eve service. I mean, not even the tiniest pain stayed. It all left. She did not have to go through another surgery. The doctor actually said to her, no need for surgery any longer. Our knees are perfect. She's gone back to training. And she's doing good. To the glory of God. But I think she would not mind me saying it. That there were days when 
I would ask her, Irene, did you meditate on those verses? There were days she would say, mm, I've, not I've not done it today. Irene, when was the last time? Uh, two days ago. No, 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 no. You've got to do it daily. The word, I told her, I said, the word is medicine. You go to the doctor, the doctor prescribes medicine. One before breakfast, one before lunch, one, one before dinner. And you've got to do it religiously. Correct? If you don't do it like the doctor prescribed, you won't recover. People believe so much in the prescription of the doctor. But they don't believe in the prescription of the doctor of doctors. The great physician. My Jehovah Rapha. The Lord that healeth me. If you would take his word and you would put it in your heart. The word of God will begin to work from the inside out. Because divine healing does not work on your body. It works from your spirit. It is when you get a revelation of what the word of God does. And what the word of God says. That that word will begin to work from your spirit. And it will come into your body. And begin to do a work that needs to be done. And drive out the pain. And drive out the cancer. And drive out the migraine. And drive out the stomach pain. And drive out whatever it is that is going on in your physical body. The word of the living God will come into your body. And drive Drive it out. Jesus said the word I speak to you. They are spirit. And they are life. Life will drive death. Life will drive sickness. Life will drive whatever the devil has in your life. Because what the devil brings is death. But Jesus brings life. Oh my goodness. I think you need to put your hands together. And give him praise. I'm still teaching on healing. I remember I was told last year that I needed surgery because the doctor had told me that I had stones in my gallbladder. And uh, they said the surgery would cost 8,000 lira. And I walked away from the hospital and went back home. And for two weeks, I won't say two weeks. For two, you've got to let the word of God work in you. You know, it's like you marinate in the word. I mean, if you know what I mean by that. Women who cook chicken, you know what I mean? You, you mix the spices together and you put the chicken into the spices and you cause the chicken to marinate. You let it sit there for a few hours and it will, it will absorb the, you know what I mean? It will absorb the sauce and then you put it in your oven. And when, oh my, somebody's getting hungry already. You put it in your oven, and when you put it in your oven, and when it is cooked, you eat it. It tastes good because of the source. Because you allow the chicken to sit and marinate. Sometimes people allow things like that to sit for a day or two to really marinate. And oh my goodness. That is what needs to happen. When you allow yourself to sit under the word of God. You will see how you will marinate in the word. And when they cut you open, it's the word that's going to be coming out. When you open your mouth to speak, it's the word. When the devil, when the devil tries to put stuff upon you, it will bounce back because the word of God is so mm, all over your, all over your physical body. Ah, hallelujah! Glory to God! Hey, glory to God! 
I had to marinate in the word. Two weeks. I want to say two weeks. Because the doctor said I needed surgery. And I didn't want to go through surgery. So if you don't want to go through that. You've got a choice. You can go through that. Or go through this. I chose to go through this. This is the word of the living God. I chose to sit in, in, my, in my bedroom. And I would meditate on the word of God. And I'm, 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 I'm going into the bathroom. I'm speaking the word. I'm coming out of the bathroom. I'm speaking the word. I'm just speaking the word. I'm just speaking the word. Guess what? I go to the hospital two weeks later. And I'm, as I'm about to walk into the hospital, I said to the guy who was coming with me, I said, Dovran, when I get into the hospital and the doctor checks me, he won't see stones in my gallbladder. And he agreed with me. It's good to have people that have faith. When, when the Bible says iron sharpened iron, don't surround yourself with people that are going to be speaking doubt and unbelief. Oh, Pastor, are you sure? Don't surround yourself with people like that. Surround yourself with people. When you say, when I go into that hospital, the doctor will check me. He won't see sickness. He won't see his kidney stones. He won't see gallbladder stones. Those people need to say, I believe with you. And so we got into the hospital and the doctor said, this test was done two weeks ago. It is still good enough. We can carry the surgery out on you. So we insisted. We said, doctor, check me. Yeah. Why did I say check me? Because I knew the word of God had been working in my body for two weeks. And if the doctor checks me, the doctor will not find Stones in my gallbladder. So the doctor said, okay, you've got to pay, I guess it was 180 lira, something like that. Well, what is 180 lira compared to 8,000? It's, it's a no-brainer. Quickly, I paid. Because, you know, you also want to know that this thing works. See, people say, uh, this happened, but no verification. I wanted to verify. So I laid on their stretcher and they began to check. And here comes the result. I walk into the doctor's office. He looked at it. He tried to speak English. He said, if I remember, if I remember what he said, he said, um, kidney stone, no. Surgery, no. So basically... Uh, I'm a gallbladder stone, not kidney stones. Gallbladder stones, no. No surgery. So basically he said, the report is clean. You've got no stone in your gallbladder. You are clean. You don't need surgery. Guess how I walked out of that hospital. To the glory of God. To the glory of God. I'm here to prophesy over you. I don't care what you've been told by the devil. I don't care what you've been told by the doctor. I don't care what you've been told by experts. If it is against the word of the living God, I decree and I declare it will not stay. It will not stay. It will not stay. It will not. They say you can't get pregnant. I prophesy over you. By this time next year, you will carry your own baby. In the name of Jesus Christ. If you believe it, shout amen. My goodness. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Should I continue? Yes. 
Oh my goodness, we have another service after you guys want me to continue. Now, I just want to say this and I'll wrap up. Sometimes uh, people are healed instantly while others see the manifestation later. Everyone say instantly. And then say manifestation will come later. Now, there are cases where we've seen instant healing. Instant. I mean, I'm talking about immediately. I think it was two weeks ago. Manal, uh, if you come to the Turkish service, as uh, one of our uh, leaders, actually, she runs the Arabic congregation. She brought into my office a woman from Iraq who was involved in an accident. I don't know the kind of accident she was involved in, but for two years, she couldn't turn her neck. Two years. She was in so much pain. Two years, she couldn't turn her neck. So she came into the office after the service. You know, some people want special prayer after service. So she came in for that special prayer after service, and she said she was in so much pain. So I called my wife, and I think I took a bottle of oil again, and I anointed this woman. We prayed for her. In, it was instantly. The woman turned her neck and began to cry. She wasn't crying because of pain. She was crying because of joy. She said, for two years, I've not been able to turn my neck. Instantly, she was healed. To the glory of God. To the glory of God. Instantly, she was weeping. She said, I've never turned my neck for two years. I've been in so much pain. So she's crying in my office. So there are times that people are healed instantly. I remember the story of the woman who, uh, who was brought here by Sister Enerjan. Well, Sister Enerjan comes to the Turkish service. She's, she just gave birth about seven days ago. So her friend was sick with cancer. So she brought her to the Turkish service, I guess it was three years ago. So the woman came, and as I was ministering to people and praying, they came to me and they said she has cancer. So she came up here, I prayed for her. Don't let the name cancer threaten you. Because we hear cancer. Ooh. Ooh. They all come under the name of Jesus. They all submit to the authority in the name of Jesus. Come on now, say amen. So I prayed for her. She fell out right here under the power of God. I remember saying to her, get back up on your feet. And when you go to the doctor, he will give you a clean report. Amen. I remember telling her, when you get back up on your feet, go back to your doctor and you're going to get a clean report. Amen. Now watch this, watch this. The woman got back up on her feet, went back home, and I didn't see her. That day was her first time in church, and I've never seen her in church since that day. But about eight months later, or seven months later, they came to tell me. Remember the woman? I said, Yes. Said seven months after you told her to go to the doctor, she looked in the mirror seven months later and she noticed her hair began to grow back. Yeah. Ah, okay. If her hair is growing back, so she wants to go check. Yeah. So she goes to the doctor, they run a test, cancer is gone. No, no trace of cancer in the woman's body. Now, the day Enajan and Devran got married, I of course officiated the, the, the wedding and it was done on a boat. The woman was there. I didn't know who she was. So Enejan brought her. Enejan was dressed up in a white wedding gown, of course. So she grabs this woman and she brings her to me. You're not a woman. Sit down. <laughs> she, brings her, she, she brings her. She brings her to me. She brings her to me and she said, Pastor, this is the woman 
that had cancer. The one you prayed for. And she did this. You don't have the hair. You pull on, pull on her. I don't want to pull on her hair. Just a little bit. Pull, pull on. Pull, you see? Yeah. Pull on it a little. Uh-huh. Yeah, watch. So she, Enajan pulled, pulled on, the, on the woman's hair to show me that this is her real hair. That was when I knew the day she came here, she was wearing a wig. She was wearing a wig. But she did not have to wear a wig anymore. Because God healed her completely and she's still healed. Praise God. So you see that there are cases where people will see the manifestation later. So when you have someone pray over you, Receive your healing. Don't, oh, I'm, I still feel like this, you know, I'm not sure. No, no, no. Keep your faith strong. And how do you keep your faith strong? Until the manifestation of the healing you've received? By the word. Everyone say, by the word. That's number one. Number two, through thanksgiving. Everyone say, thanksgiving. Someone who is thankful never complains. Someone who complains never thanks. So keep an attitude of gratitude. Thank you, Lord. I believe I am healed. I believe your word is at work in my body. Thank you, Jesus. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just keep thanking God. And as you keep doing that, guess what? It might take a week. It might take a month. In the case of this woman, it took like seven months. But the word had gone forth. It will not return void. Go back to your doctor. You get a clean report. What happened? She went back. She got a clean report. What is it the devil has put in your body? Or what is it that has come into your body because of the things you've done? Don't let the enemy put guilt on you. There is therefore now. No condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Who do not work after the flesh but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. 